to worship. We've already worshiped, haven't we? With Ruth's beautiful playing the piano and the ladies calling us to worship, let there be praise. I'm glad you've chosen to worship with us today. And if this is your first time to worship with us, there's a guest card in the pew rack in front of you. If you would take the time to complete one 
and the dropping in one of the offering boxes at the exit doors when we leave today. We would appreciate that. We would just like to get a record of your visit so that we can send you a card and also let you know how much it meant to have you here. Our pastor is not here today. He's taking some well-deserved time off, but we have in, <coughs> excuse me, we have a special guest speaker today, Steve Jackson. Many of you have met Steve and Carla. They were missionaries to Mozambique for 18 years. And we are fortunate to have Steve speaking today. Carla is in the back. I think I saw her come in earlier. And most of you know, Carla is Brian Smith's sister. So there's a lot of family connection there, but we are delighted to have Steve. And I know you've been praying for all the, the Smith family and they appreciate those and would ask that you continue to pray. But let's begin our time of worship. I'm going to invite you to stand if you're comfortable doing so. And we're going to do an old familiar hymn, Wonderful Grace of Jesus. Let's stand. Reaching the most divine 
voice of Jesus, deeper than the mighty rolling sea. Wonderful grace, full sufficient for me, for even me, broader than the scope of my transgressions, greater far than all my sin and shame. seated as we continue singing a beautiful arrangement of how great thou art. Savior God to 
Good morning. Will you pray with me, please? Our dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that we can come here on this beautiful, bright, um, sunny Lord's Day to worship you. We just pray for all that are ill and can't be here. We just pray that you will heal them and bring them back safely to us. We thank you that um, Steve Jackson is here today to tell us about his work in Mozambique. And we just pray that you will be with him as he shows us um, his work and what he and Carla have done there. We just thank you, Lord, for the new year that is coming. We pray that you will bless us in 2024. We pray that you will um, give us unity, love, and peace, whether it be in our church, in our country, or in the world. We just love you, Lord, and thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. certainly be filled with all kinds of blessings and trials, challenges and opportunities. But this year, we are resolved to trust God no matter what the circumstance and to follow Jesus wherever he leads us, to forgive those who've wronged us and to bless others with the words that we speak, resolved to pray without ceasing, and to study God's word with diligence, to be the first to serve and the last to complain, to love at all times, to work unto the Lord, and to be generous with all that we have. Resolved. To cherish the beauty all around us and to spread joy in our community, to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh, to live in faith and not in fear, to exemplify humility, integrity, and gratitude, to honor Christ with our time, treasures, and talents, to make a difference with our lives, and to give glory to God in all things. This year, we are resolved. I hope indeed you are resolved to make a difference in 2024. The next set of hymns focus on how we are to share God's love with people around us and allow Jesus to shine through us. Shine, Jesus, shine will be our first one. Send forth your 
doing well this morning. Hope everyone had a great Christmas. It's always hard to believe how you get so excited about Christmas and it builds up and builds up and then it comes and then poof, it's just gone. And now people are counting down probably till next year. How many more days do we have left? Um, it's a real joy to be with you this morning. Um, as Nancy said, um, my wife and I, Carla, uh, and our family, kids, were missionaries in Mozambique. Uh, Mozambique is in Africa, um, on the southeast coast, down near South Africa, down near the bottom there. Um, we served there for over 18 years. We, we went there in 2005. And so, uh, and now we're, um, we have this year, then 2024 will be our last furlough, as they called it in the old days. Now we call it stateside assignment. And then at the, in December, pretty much at this time next year, we'll be uh, completely retired from, uh, from the International Mission Board and from our field service. Um, so we're kind of in mixed emotions right now. I just got back December the 1st. I've been here about a month in the States. And um, it's a, you know, it's adjustment to getting used to, you know, people to always talk about, oh, when you go on the mission field, you're going to have culture shock, right? You know, things are so different, but it's almost kind of reverse culture shock <laughs> coming back and, uh, and being in America full time now. We do have quite a long history here with this church, and um, it's always a joy to come and visit. Um, Carla and I got married in 1995 in Colorado. That's where I met the Smith family in 1997. Uh, when I think Paul retired, they were like, I don't want to shovel snow anymore. So they, he knew some, somebody from his state farm buddies who, who had moved down to Sun City West, and they, they came and bought a house here. I think it was 97, somewhere around that time. And from then on, we, you know, we kept coming over here and, uh, and visiting them. So we've always enjoyed coming over, but it's always been kind of a short-term kind of thing. We would come uh, at Christmas time, or a lot of times we would come Memorial Day, stuff like that, to visit. And then when we went on the field, of course, we would come back here and, uh, and visit the family and be here. Um, and so... This church is always, we left from a church in Alabama, 
is where we left from. But this church here in Sun City West has always felt like our home church, and we've always come back here every time we were in the States. And um, so it's really good to be with you uh, this morning. Well, as someone said in our Sunday school, I think Bill said in our class this morning, it's almost like we've run the end of a race. We're at the end, we're finishing 2023. And uh, whether it's been a great year or a lot of challenges and difficulties, we're here at the last service, the last Sunday, the last day of this year. And then we'll flip the page tonight, tomorrow, we'll go on to another year. And I just pray that, that it will be a good year um, for all of us, for you. Um, kind of in that... In that light, I wanted to share a little bit this morning from the book of Acts. Um, the last book, the last uh, chapter of the book of Acts in the last two verses in our theme of being the last day in the last worship service, we're going to read the last two verses in the book of Acts, chapter 28, verses 30 and 31. Um, Luke writes, Then he, Paul, stayed two whole years in his own rented house, and he welcomed all who visited him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching the things concerning the Lord Jesus Christ with full boldness and without hindrance. So, if you've been a Christian, a follower of Christ for many years, you've probably studied the book of Acts a good bit. It's probably been in your Sunday school lessons. You've probably had Bible studies about them because, you know, it's a great book. We know that Acts is the continuation of Luke's writing of his gospel, and then he picked it up and told the story of the first church and, uh, and, the, and the missionary journeys of, of Paul and his uh, companions. So we've studied it a lot. And as missionaries, of course, we love the book of Acts because it's kind of a, somewhat of a manual a little bit about how, uh, what missionary life is like. We can learn so much from the life of the apostle. Uh, Paul and, uh, and all the apostles, Peter and, and everyone there um, that we read about in the book of Acts. We, 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 we preach, when we're on the field, we preach a lot from Acts. We teach a lot, and we actually we, we use the book to train uh, people about what a healthy church looks like. Um, you know, we look at Acts 2, and we see the beginning of the church there and the, and the characteristics of that church that have kind of that were unpolluted by all the years that we've gone through until we've got to today and we see kind of the basic components of what a healthy church looks like and we also see about the missionary task and what a missionary uh, does um, but not so much just just a missionary but just a follower of Christ when it all comes down to it we're just followers of Christ. Paul was a missionary, yes, but he was just a follower, a disciple of Christ. And the same goes for all other 
missionaries, whether here or, or uh, on an international field, wherever they may be. Um, we're just trying to follow Christ. But these last two verses here, I don't know about you, but we studied a lot about the book of Acts, had a lot of Bible studies, but these two last verses, I don't know if I'd ever paid much attention to what they said. And it really caused me to, to reflect uh, kind of on, on my life and what the missionary journey is and what the, the, the main goal or the purpose of, of that life is. Um, back in 2020, I know we all really probably want to forget 2020, <clears throat> but in 2020, Carla and I were on the field in Mozambique at the beginning of the year, and then this thing, COVID, came into our world and shook us all and turned the world upside down. Um, about in April, the end of March, April or so, our, our organization, the International Mission Board, said, because um, things were starting to go crazy, you know, and they said, if you want to go home uh, or, you know, wherever you want to go to be with your family or whatever, you can do that and we'll let you go. Um, and we'll just call it a temporary assignment, a two-month temporary assignment. And so about the end of April, Carla and I were looking at each other. Um, everybody on our team there in Mozambique was already gone. Um, one family was going on their furlough, and they went about two months early because of COVID. So Carla and I were thinking, what do we do? You know, do we want to stay or do we want to go? So anyways, we came back to Arizona. So I don't know if you know that, but we were here in Arizona for about six months in, 2000 and, and, and 2020. Of course, everything was shut down. You know, we weren't having church. Um, COVID was really raging bad in, in Arizona at that time. And, you know, all we're doing is watching the TV and all those numbers clicking up and up and up and up. And um, so there's really nothing to do. I'm sitting at the house here, at the Smith's house here, looking for something to do. I looked on the bookshelf, and I saw this book. And it was just Book of Acts. It was just an old Bible study that I found on their shelf by a man that I have no idea who it is, an old seminary professor from, South, from Southern Seminary in Louisville. But uh, the title is just the book of Acts, but uh, the subtitle, The Early Struggled, Struggle for an Unhindered Gospel, really caught my eye. You know, so I thought, hmm, I'm going to read this a little bit. And I just want to read what it says here in the flyleaf, if you'll indulge me here. Just, just this paragraph. It says, what is the central theme of the book of Acts? Is it the witness of the apostles? Is it a pattern of Christianity's early growth? Uh, is it the ministry of the Holy Spirit? You know, all these things are, are valid themes. But the author finds the central theme in the last word of the Greek text, unhindered. He sees the book as the record of the struggle of early Christians to present the gospel freely to all men. So I thought, hmm, I'm, I'm going to read the book. So... I read the book, and it was very good, but I just love this, the recurring theme 
that he had about how the gospel uh, was unhindered. And we know uh, a lot of you are more studied in the book of Acts and in the Bible than I am. I know that here in this church. But we know at the end of the book of Acts that Paul is a, is a prisoner. He's a Roman prisoner at this time, right? And, and so it was remarkable to me that Luke would describe Paul's activity as not being hindered. But really the statement wasn't about Paul. It was about the gospel. So that struck me hard as I was sitting in a house in Arizona, not on the mission field where I normally would have been. And we were seemingly being hindered, you know, from returning and carrying on our ministry there. Like I said, it was supposed to be a two-year, uh, a two-month assignment to come back. But, you know, COVID kept growing and becoming worse and worse and worse. And, and at that time, Mozambique, our country there where we served, was shut down. Uh, the airport was, you know, they weren't allowing any, any flights to come in or anything like that. So the two months became four months and it eventually became six months. Well, at the end of the, at the six months, the church opened up. We, we were able to worship here um, in Sun City West wearing our mask and things like that, socially distancing and, and everything like that, all these things we want to forget. Um, and I, I was finally able to, to go back. But when I got back to Mozambique, things weren't any better there. Um, you know, the churches, the government had shut down the churches there for long periods of time. And uh, you just had to wear your masks everywhere and all that stuff. And so, and people were very scared uh, there, even though it was much less um, prevalent there than it was here. So anyways, if you can understand what I'm saying, it was like, how could Luke say that he, you know, he's sitting in, a, he's sitting in his house there. It says he was in a rented house, but he, he can't go and do anything. He's, he's, he's got a Roman soldier there guarding him, and yet it says that he shared, what does it say? Proclaim the kingdom of God and teaching the things concerning the Lord Jesus with boldness and without hindrance. You know, we don't really know much more about what happened to Paul. Uh, about the ministry of Paul or what happened to him after these words that Luke gives right, now, right here in this passage. Tradition says that he was, you know, eventually put to death although we, this is not recounted anywhere in the Bible. We don't read about Paul's death anywhere. We don't know a lot about, we, but we do know, sorry, but we do know a lot about what happened to Paul before he arrived in Rome. And from chapter 21 through chapter 28, you know, we read about all that happened to him on his journey. In chapter 20, we find Paul saying goodbye to the elders in Ephesus as he begins to make his way back to Jerusalem. And I just wanted to read a passage here real quick. Paul said this in Acts chapter 20, 
verses 22 through 24. Paul says, And now I'm on my way to Jerusalem, bound, bound in my spirit, not knowing what I will encounter there, except that in town after town the Holy Spirit testifies to me that chains and afflictions are waiting for me. But I count my life of no value to myself so that I may finish my course and the ministry I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of God's grace. And then, of course, we don't have time this morning to recount everything that happened to Paul from chapter basically 21 to 28. Needless to say, if you've studied, you know that a lot happened to Paul in those last chapters. It seemed that Paul was being hindered, impeded, challenged at just about every turn. You know, he, he faced more obstacles and, and impediments, hindrances that we could probably even imagine. You know, the Bible says he's, he was kidnapped, he's beaten, he's threatened, he's arrested many times. He was accused in lawsuits. Um, he was interrogated by the Jewish people. He was interrogated by the Roman people. He was ridiculed. He was ignored. Toward the end, he was his shipwrecked, just trying to get to Rome. And to beat it all, when they land, he gets bitten by a snake. You know? I mean, to add insult to injury, he finally gets off the ship. And he gets bit by a snake, and it's there just hanging on his hand. And the people think, oh, this man is cursed. He's going to die. And Paul just shakes it off. And they thought he was a god because he didn't die. Because he was on that mission to make it to Rome. So we know in chapter 28 that he finally arrives to Rome, where he's wanted to be, where he's wanted to go. And Luke says that Paul was able to stay by himself uh, you know, on his own expense in a rented house, along with a Roman soldier who guarded him. And whatever happened beyond the two years, Luke is not concerned to tell us about what happened. Ultimately, Luke is not writing about the life of Paul, but about the advancement of the gospel. So he's not concerned about letting us know what happened to Paul, how he died or anything. It's not about Paul. It's about the gospel being unhindered. And from that time the church was born, the, the painful fight was made for an unshackled gospel. And from that day until now, the gospel continues to fend off you know, numerous efforts to, to hinder it. Like, like COVID-19 or any other things events that we could say. So, where does that leave us today? 
You know, lostness continues to grow um, every day. In last Sunday's Christmas Eve service, you know, Pastor Kirby, we spoke about the light. You know, and how beautifully he talked about the fact that Christ is the light of the world. And that is true. But there is still much spiritual darkness in our world today. Um, this morning, I just wanted to finish by sharing a few um, things about what's been going on in the world and how the IMB and how your missionaries, um, you know, have been working uh, overseas. So it's hard to know exactly um, exact number, but I did an internet search, as we always do now, if we want to find out something, just Google it, and I tried to find out how many people maybe were living at the time of Christ, when the B.C. became the A.D., when Christ was living, when Paul was ministering, maybe how many people were on the earth at that time, and the best answer I could come up with was maybe 300 million people uh, on the earth at that time. But today, there's an estimated 8 billion people on the earth today. And the stats show that almost 60% of those souls are considered to be unreached by the gospel. That's around 4.6 billion people still unreached by the gospel. That's still a lot of darkness that's in the world today. You know, when a missionary, um, when a, I know, a person or a family surrenders to the call, to the mission field, they go and they, they uh, go for a time of training and things like that there in, in, in our place in Richmond, uh, in Virginia. And they talk, we talk about, you know, the, what are the brutal facts? They call them the brutal facts because they just try to get down to the, the basic numbers of what is actually happening. And where we worked was in Mozambique, obviously I said that. Uh, Mozambique, we were, we were classified in the IMB according to affinities, and there's, there's several affinities across the world, like an affinity in Asia, affinity in South America, Europe, um, and we were in the sub-Saharan African uh, affinity. Um, and so all of the countries there below, like the Sahara Desert, is where our affinity worked, and we were part of that. Um, there, um, every day, you can, yeah, every day, according to the, the figures, there's over 22,000 people that die without hearing about Christ. Every day. 
So it's about one person entering eternity every five seconds without knowing Christ. Those are the brutal facts about what's going on in the world. Now, Sub-Saharan Africa has a growing Christian population. That is true. The gospel is moving in Sub-Saharan Africa. And where we were, there are a lot of advancements in the gospel. Praise God. But yet there's still over, you see, 1,500 unreached people groups who live in cities, uh, forests, deserts, tropical islands, all of that there in Sub-Saharan Africa. Um, people groups that, the, the percentage-wise, the people that have heard about Christ is basically less than 2% of the population. So the word is not getting to them. Also, Sub-Saharan Africa is urbanizing faster than any other part of the world. Do you realize that? Africa, people, when we think of Africa, we think tribal and huts and you know forests and savannas and things like that but africa many of the cities there are becoming some of the largest cities in the world today we have personnel serving in in kinshasa the capital of the democratic republic of the congo uh, in lagos in nigeria in luanda in angola and all of these cities are larger than new york city at this time and they're just going to keep growing and growing and growing 60% of Afri Africans will live in cities by 2050 so the idea that Africa is just a rural kind of continent and people are just living in rural areas is, is fastly changing right now because a lot of them are leaving those rural areas and they're moving to cities to find you know, a new life, to find work, to study, and all the things like that. I just wanted to briefly share with you, here to close out, just a couple of experiences that I've had, just this last year, this, this year, now we're still in 2023. This year, um, and one of these talks about um, reaching an unreached people group. We, we call them UUPGs, an unengaged and unreached people group. And there, like I said, there are several in Sub-Saharan Africa, and there were a few in Mozambique itself. And so um, Carla and I were, our, were team leaders where we served. We had three families on our team, and one family came in 2017 to reach an unreached people group called the Shopi. I know you won't remember any of this, but it was just a people group there that wasn't too far away from where we lived, but they came to minister and to reach them, and now there's a, a church among that people group. And, and this family is still there uh, on, the, on the field and still working there, so we praise God for them. But another experience that I had was another group of, a, a, a young couple that came, and they were trying to reach... Um, the people called the Manika. And the Manika live in middle, uh, central Mozambique, central Mozambique. And 
So our team, which is in southern Mozambique, way south, we wanted to partner with another team in our country to reach, um, to reach an unreached people group. So we partnered with this team that was trying to reach this, this people group, the Manika people. And so in, starting in 2021, um, our team, the guys on our team, with three of us, me and my two colleagues, would, we traveled up to um, the city, the kind of the, the capital of this province, and we did training there. Uh, we trained, and you can do those, some of those slides now. Um, you can see this is still kind of, I don't know if you can see or not, but we're still wearing masks. It's, it's uh, June or July of 2021. We're still masking, and you can see they're separated out from the chairs and everything like that, social distancing. But we just went up there for a week and just did training to pastors and leaders on how to, you know, to reach these, um, these people that lived in hard places there to get to. And um, so we did that in 21. And then in, in 2022, we went as well, but I didn't get to go that year because Carla was doing a knee surgery. And so I was with her at that time, but my other two colleagues went and worked with them. And then this year, um, that's a picture of, of us there, um, that last one, yeah. We just our, our team and then the, the couple there, the man and wife with the woman. Um, that's the couple that we served with. And then the two, uh, our national brothers there, the two pastors of that church there. Um, this year I was able to go and actually to go up with these missionaries and to, do, to go up into this place where the Manika people lived. We hadn't been up there yet. We were just doing training in the, in the provincial capital. So I was able to go up there and be with them. And let me tell you, it was quite an experience. It was quite hard to get there. Quite difficult. The roads were not, well, the roads were not easy to get to. Praise God, they had a four-by-four four truck, which Lottie Moon provides for to get there. So we thank you for that. But it was quite an experience. We went up, and this was just like a little hole-in-the-wall community. You just were traveling on a road, and then there was like a little village, and that was it. And that's where they had started um, work among the Manika. So we went there. This is just us. We're, we're traveling down a dusty trail, talking to people, sharing the gospel. Um, yeah, that's me in the hat or one of the hats there on the left. Um, you can go on. Uh, I think this was interesting. People would not never know what this is, but this is, we stopped at a house and we're sharing the gospel through a diagram on the floor. This was a gospel presentation called The Two Kingdoms. And it just talks about the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. Which, where are you living at this point? Are you living in the kingdom of light, which the king is God? Or are you living in the kingdom of darkness, where the king is Satan? So the pastor there is drawing this design out in their local language. And um, he's sharing the gospel there with these people. Um, and then we wanted to do the uh, show the Jesus film in their language. So we, we camped out. You can see 
and then um, we started to set up the, the film and everything. Yeah, that's Ryan, our missionary, up on top of his truck, bringing in some pews, bringing in some, um, some places, to, uh, some, I guess, wooden, wooden seats for people to sit. Um, and then we set up the film. We showed the film uh, on a Saturday night and uh, had a good, a good crowd come to watch the Jesus film. The next morning was the first worship service that, that they had um, amongst that people group of the Manyika that they were trying to reach. And so Ryan uh, allowed me to preach that morning. That's Ryan, our missionary there, um, whom you're supporting along with, along with all the others. And they're doing a wonderful job there. And so we just praise God that they're there. Um, and they've reached this um, unreached, unengaged people group. And it's because, you know, of the gifts that our Southern Baptists give to the Lighty Moon offering that, that, you know, these guys can do this kind of work and get there because it's not easy. Just to finish out, um, my time is up. To finish out, I just want to tell this story real quick because this gave me hope. Um, and it just did my heart good. Um, about in 2015, um, I went with a, yeah, go back to that other slide there for a second. Just get a good look at this couple here. Can you, can you imagine how old that man is there? Can you take a guess about how old that man is? So we went to this town, our association, we have an association of Baptist churches, just like we do here, and they wanted to start a work in this small town. And so um, uh, my home church there where we lived in Maputo, the capital city, um, we decided, you know, that we would help start this mission there. So we went up one Saturday and just did some knocking on doors, house to house, sharing the, the gospel. And the first place that my group went to, we met this man and his wife. And... This man said he was 104. And I was like, have mercy. Because, you know, I don't meet many 104-year-old people, uh, even in the States. Um, but this man, to survive that long in Mozambique, to see what he's seen through the years, um, and to, to arrive at 104. And this was in 2015, so when we met him. And so we shared the gospel um, with him. Here I'm representing Arizona on my shirt, um, we shared the gospel with him and his family. Um, and then I didn't, you know, I, the church, the, the mission has, has continued to meet. It's still there. It's still, and there's a pastor that's still working there. But this, this, this Easter, I gotten word that this, um, you can do the next one. The, um, this, this man had accepted Christ and and was wanted to be baptized and so here he is this is the pastor that's working with that mission church and he's bringing him in his car and his wife to the big city to the capital and uh, and then he was baptized this year on Easter Sunday at 112 112 years old and so you know we think about the barriers we think about the hindrances. Even age maybe can be a hindrance. You know, we think, well, man, this person has seen it all. He's already made up his mind. 
what he wants to do with his life, right? But yet, even, even this man um, accepted Christ and was baptized at the church. So, you know, in 2024 and beyond, we want to see the gospel continue to go out um, unhindered, as it says in that, in that last word in the book of Acts. Isn't that such a powerful word to end the book of Acts with unhindered? That's what we want to continue to see. You know, Carla and I now, we're basically retired, so now we're just advocates for our team, for missionaries that are still on the field, um, and that's what we want to do. But as always, whenever we speak, we want to thank you for your giving. Um, I think the next slide just talks a little bit about the offering that we received a couple of years ago, <coughs> which was the highest offering that had ever been given. It exceeded the goal of by $20 million. So it reached over $200 million. And um, that was the largest offering in the 178-year history of our organization. And this year, our goal is $200 million. And so I just want to, you know, as a representative of the IMB, uh, as a representative of your mission organization among Southern Baptists, I just wanted to say thank you. Um, thank you for your prayers. This church, many of you, many of you have, have upheld us in your prayers, uh, you know, while we were on the field, and then you've given to the Lottie Moon offering, which, you know, December is the Lottie Moon emphasis, but the, the offering continues throughout the year. Uh, we just like to emphasize it at Christmas time because it's such a time of giving and joy, and that's what we want to proclaim. But we just want to thank you guys, thank this church especially for your heart of prayer, for your heart of giving, and, um, you know, hopefully through these offerings and, and, and our prayers, the gospel would just continue on unhindered. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this day. We're at the end of this year, and, uh, you know, we're, some, some are facing challenges and difficulties, hard times. We don't know what the new year will bring. It's always a, a mystery of what will happen, you know, in the new year, but uh, it's a new beginning. And so we just pray, Lord, that you will lead us, you will guide us into the new year. We pray you would help us to have hearts of just um, remembering about what we've learned in the Bible, what we've learned through your word, how the gospel prevailed through all the trials and tribulations of those early years and how it's been sustained through the centuries as we've come even to this point today where there's so much lostness in the world still because the population just keeps growing and growing and growing. But I pray that you would just 
this, just even today, you would be with our missionaries that are overseas, that uh, maybe spent the holidays there. They're away from family. They're away from loved ones. God, that you would just sustain them. You would help them. You would just um, give them grace and mercy in their lives as they continue on with this task of preaching and teaching the gospel in a way that that is unhindered by anything else so we just lift them up to you we lift this church up to you we just pray that you would just continue to lead and guide this church these people to do your will in expanding and sharing the kingdom of god expanding the kingdom of god and sharing the gospel uh, here in this area and their part uh, around the world as we all have our have our part in sharing the gospel. So we just pray for this church, pray for the pastor. You will continue to, to give him health and, and grace as he leads, um, leads this congregation here, Father. We just, we give you praise. We give you glory for everything that's happened in 23. We pray you would lead us now, Lord, into 2024. And we pray all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Um, we're just going to have a brief time of invitation. If there's a decision you need to make today, if you want to come and be uh, put your membership here in this church, or if you just want to come and um, you know rededicate your life uh, to Christ, whatever. If you if you have a decision that you want to make this morning, we're going to have a time of invitation, and uh, and you do that, then. Um, Someone will be here to, to receive you as you come. So let's, let's, can we stand? Let's stand together and let's sing our hymn of invitation. for just a couple of minutes. Thank you, Steve, for challenging us and for your life. 
we will continue to pray for you and Carla. I want to draw your attention to the back of your bulletin. In Steve's message, a number of times he referenced the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. There are offering envelopes in the pew racks in front of you, and you will see what has been given thus far toward our goal. We've received $12,016 toward a goal of $23,233.33. Even though, as Steve mentioned, we emphasize the Lottie Moon offering during December, those envelopes will be available throughout the month of January. So if you've not had opportunity to give, there's still time for you to give, and I hope that you will prayerfully consider doing that. There are a number of sign-up sheets. If you've been through either of our lobbies, you've seen those. One is for the men's fellowship breakfast, which will be Tuesday. Our office is closed tomorrow, but will reopen at 8 o'clock on Tuesday morning. And Steve will be the speaker for that men's breakfast. So men, you have one more opportunity to sign up. And I pray that you will be here for that. <clears throat> also, the Women's Fellowship Lunch and Cookie Exchange is a week from tomorrow. You'll see that information in the bulletin. And sign-up sheets are out there as well for the prayer conference with Dr. Gregory Frizzell. That will be January the 19th through the 21st. That's a Friday evening through Sunday. And you'll see the different session times there. But there are sign-up sheets for Friday night. There will be a free catered dinner as well as for Saturday morning for snacks and then a casual lunch before you leave. On Tuesday of this week at 9 o'clock, all of our beautiful Christmas decorations will start coming down. Yes, we're aware that there will be meetings going on in the CLC, but those who can be here at 9 o'clock to help take things down, it would be very much appreciated, and those will be stored away until next Christmas. It's always kind of sad to see them go, but I pray that you will consider being a part of, because they don't just automatically jump down and back into the box, just like they don't at your home. Lastly, there was an insert in your bulletin, and I want to bring special attention to it. 52 prayers in the Gospels for 2024. You'll see the instructions on the front there. Read the printed scripture each week. Spend time, <clears throat> excuse me, during the week reflecting on that scripture and praying that God will uh, reveal to you what he desires you to learn and put into action. Then in your own prayer journal, write a paragraph describing the action that you took. You'll notice on the inside and also on the back, there's a different scripture for each week with a reference of prayer and necessity of forgiveness for week one, for instance. But I hope that you will take advantage of this. This coming year, there's going to be a lot of emphasis on prayer throughout our church uh, printed materials as well as our different events. So I hope that you will take advantage of that and be part of it. Steve is going to be at the double doors in the back for you to greet him and express your thanks for his speaking this morning and assure him of our continued prayers. But I invite you to stand now as Trudy Williamson comes to lead us in our closing prayer. Let's pray. Good morning, Lord. Thank you. 
for giving us an opportunity together today for worship. As we look back on the past year, we can see how you have blessed us and answered our prayers. As we look forward to the coming year, help us be mindful of our commitment to you, our commitment to your words and to your work. Father, if there's someone in the audience today who needs you in their life, help them get this year off to the, a good start by giving their life to you. We look forward to a new year and how you'll work in our lives. Lord, we'd ask you to be especially with Carla and Steve <clears throat> as they close out this chapter in their life. But Lord, we know you're not done with them yet. So we'll be watching to see how you work with them. Thank you, Lord, for always walking with us and for being our guide. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. Amen.